Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron. And first, I have to apologize. It's been forever since I did a podcast, but it's kind of a lie because I did do one, and somehow, miraculously, it got deleted on my computer. Um, I did not save it, and I went to go get it, and something must have happened with my computer, and uh, I don't know, went back to find it. The data was, it, it had showed that there was a timeline, but there was nothing inside the timeline of the audio, which was super weird. Um, Looked it up, seems to be super rare, but it does happen occasionally, and it may have been because I didn't save it on my computer, my computer was on for like five days or something like that um but no big deal he's coming back on i don't want to say who it was but until you guys listen to it but welcome welcome i miss you guys um first things first if you enjoy the show uh smash that subscribe button always appreciate it um if you really enjoy it share it out tell somebody about it helps grow the show um now that we've broken 50 episodes uh i think people realize i'm pretty serious about it and um it's just, it's just, it's moving. It's growing. It's like a little plant. It's like a little seed. You grow it, and you shall get, you should get a tree out of it. Hopefully, um. So that's where we're at. Go check out the website brutallyhonestpodcast dot com. Giveaways over, um, as of the a couple days ago. That person has been contacted, and thank you all for entering in for your chance to win a draft top. Uh, and last but not least. Always, we have to take a moment to thank the nerds that care. Even though the show was done in my house, I still like to thank the nerds that care for uh, for always hooking up the show. The um, they they do right by me. They do right by the show. Um, so, if you don't know what the nerds that care is, the nerds that care is your one stop shop for IT. Um, if you are a law firm or you are a doctor's office and you are trying to be compliant with those three, four, and five-letter fancy words that the government puts out, like HIPAA, Department of Financial Services, um, and things of that nature, those are the people that you need to call when you're having an issue. Um, whether it's compliancy, if you're a business owner and you need some, some quality backups, they do that as well. And uh, a lot of it is you know, just day-to-day operations inside the office. There's there's people that are wasting valuable time and because they can't open a Google Chrome page or they, you know, their email's messed up and they can't figure that out. It'll take them two, three hours. That could be wasted money on the, the business owner's end. So thank you to the Nerds That Care. The, uh, you can go visit them at nerdsthatcare.com, N-E-R-D-S-T-H-A-T-C-A-R-E.com. And, uh, hey, you never know, you might get a, opportunity to talk to me as well with all that being said um i think i covered everything i needed to so uh i'd like to introduce my uh my great friend um he actually skyped in just as a heads up he's from iowa um met him through jr so super super intelligent dude my buddy kyle What's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm just fine as frogs here, split four ways. <laughs> what does that even mean? I'm doing pretty fine. Doing I like fine. That. I like that. Has uh, <laughs> has your neck of the woods? 
my neck of the woods well i could probably use a shave but it's it's cold i mean it's colder than a well digger's feet in alaska but it could be a lot colder i mean i think it's about i don't know 35 40 degrees outside get a little bit of that lake effect uh you know cool Mm. air or whatever we're on the we're on the west side of the lake west side of lake michigan so did it snow and what's that did it snow um no but it's kind of got some hissy drizzly rainy shit out there i mean not really much but yeah it's kind of spitting a little bit Mm. i hear you You guys do you guys get hammered with snow or not really no we haven't yet the guys around here are finishing the uh, corn bean harvest and i mean it's just kind of cold we got some rain here the last couple of weeks it's i mean we've kind of been inundated with rain off and on but then we got a pretty uh pretty hot dry spell later on this summer so we were we were about as dry as a popcorn fart there for about the last three four weeks of summer so <laughs> where, where do you learn about all these i think Dude. this is just so funny because we don't have this from where i am like i don't okay. have one of these right. awesome little jokes to throw in there. Well, it's really not an awesome little joke. I mean, it's just kind of the way I was raised. We were raised very different people. Okay. You know, we were raised, you know, I can tell you were raised different than I was raised. But, I mean, you know, we'll get into that later. That's, you know, I mean, some people think I'm as dumb as a load of coal, but, you well, know. You've got to be I, doing something right if you're a commodities trader. Well, I mean, I it's a gift. I don't know. All right. There's a there's a there's a lot of people that are a lot better looking than I am in this business, and there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than I am. But, you know, I'm smart enough that I can I can do what I do and be very successful at it. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. So, cool. So to break right into commodities trading, because now we're, I feel like we just rolled into the topic. What um, oh, okay. ha, what is exact? What is commodities trading for the people that are, um, that don't know? Um. Commodities trading, I am more of a hedger than a trader. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know the basics. I mean, people that trade will will trade to speculate the market. Um, they're like saying, well, I want to buy I want to buy a certain contract because I think the price is going to go up or I want to sell a certain commodity contract because I think the price is going to go down. Um, and that's that's basically what trading is. But I'm more of a hedger where. I work with a select group of elite agricultural producers throughout the United States mm-hmm. or oil producers or um, stuff like that that are like, hey, I'm happy if I were to get this price for my commodity, so I want to protect it, put put together a strategy for me so when the market gets here, I'm okay. Mm. I've got my price. And and so a lot of what you do is is just buying and selling contracts, for the most um, part, or options and contracts. Yeah. Okay. Because I saw you doing cows or cattle the other night, which yeah, is pretty. Yeah. So I'm actually you're... I'm actually watching a um I'm actually watching a live video feed of the Faith Livestock Auction in Faith, South Dakota right now. They've got a really 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 beautiful string of fall calves coming through the ring, boys. I mean they are just. They are just the kind you want to take home and put them in the yard and show them to mama. I mean, these are the kind. These are the kind that are gonna gonna gain for you, folks. I so mean, when you see that, what is what is your thoughts like? Because I have no idea. When you say that, I have no idea what it would be like to buy. Like, how do you even buy that? Do you you buy the contract for the cattle, or what's the story? I'm watching guys uh, right now sitting in this sale barn out in the middle of the Great Plains, the Northern Plains. And they're sitting there, they're watching their livelihood 
run through the ring in the form of four-legged critters, and they're selling them. And, and there's a guy sitting them across the contract. No, uh, this the, I'll get into that here in a minute. Okay. So, I got these guys here that that are selling cattle today. Well, I, I don't personally have them here tonight, but, um, you know, I have a client that's, you know, raising these animals up and their babies, and they're like, hey, you know, if um, the futures market price gets to a certain price, I would be happy with that. But I'm not going to take them to market for another month or six weeks or two months or three months. But if the price gets to a certain point, I'd be happy with that. So I would like to sell a futures contract to protect my price. I have the I have the live cattle animals in my backyard. So I'm not worried if the price goes up because I will make my margin calls because I'm happy with the price I was that we sold that on the futures market. I deal in the futures market. Basically I deal with the futures, um, is what I do. So consequently the guy sitting across the ring, who's buying the cattle will say, I just paid X amount of dollars for these cattle. I want to protect them. So if the price goes down, I'm covered. So he will, you know, he will sell the futures contract or something like that too. Um, just to protect his risk by in the form of a hedge. Okay. Um, but to put it, to put it in, um, more terms that, and, and please don't take offense to this and I hope your listeners don't take offense to this, but to put it in city terms, like say a dentist, okay. Say a dentist uses, um, silver to make teeth fillings. Okay. Okay. Um, it's the beginning of his fiscal year and he's worried about the price of silver going up. Mm Mm-hmm. And he uses X amount of ounces of silver. So he'll be like, okay, um, you know, there's turmoil in the world and silver is a precious metal. I'm worried about it going up. So he would call a futures broker like me and say, I want to buy a futures contract of silver because I, Mr. Drill, Fill, and Pull, am worried about the price of silver going up. Therefore, I would put in an order. He would buy a futures contract of silver and he could, if need be, take physical delivery of that commodity in the future at a later date. Mm. So you're basically doing the same thing with cows. Cows, corn, soybeans, oil, you know, wheat. Now, so, now I, now we, we, we obviously both know Jr. Yeah. What, one of his hot topics that he loves to talk about is soybeans. Yeah. Why? Is there um, something special about them or? Yeah. Soybeans are, uh, and I guess since I grew up, I grew up on a farm, raised on a farm, you know, I guess soybeans to me are the bastard crop because when you plant them in the spring, they're either too thick or too thin or they're too shallow or too deep or it's too wet or it's too dry and whatever, whatever. And then when you raise them up, it's like, yeah, you got to fight this weed and fight that insect and fight this and spray this and spray that, which... You know, that stuff hurts people, but people think it does. So anyway, they're a son of a bitch to raise. But when you get them raised up, then you go to harvest them. And it's like, well, they're too dirty. They're too clean. There's too many splits, too many, whatever. But soybeans are a big oilseed and protein crop. And China has a huge, I mean, like huge demand for soybeans. (laughs) I mean, I'm talking like huge demand, but it's a crop that's um, in high demand because it's high protein. 
and the world has an appetite for protein because there's a lot of emerging markets and countries need to feed their people. Gosh. So we are we are in a world market when it comes to our grains and livestock. Soybeans is the big one because if somebody falls short of production, where are they going to go for that protein source? Gotcha. So that's why you watch the weather then. I watch the weather. Every every six hours, every eight hours, every, you know, when, first thing I do when I step into the office, what's the weather like here stateside if it's our growing season? If not, what's the weather like in South America? Because they're coming into their growing season. They're they're planting soybeans, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're planting soybeans like crazy right now. I mean, they just took off like a cat hitting the ass with a boot jack with their soybean planting. I mean, they're just moving crazy soybean planting right now. I mean, that's 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 what they do because they're in the world market as well. In South America. Yeah, in South America. And like right now I'm watching our weather because we're harvesting soybeans and we got to get these things harvested. I mean, it is what it is. You've, you've got a crop out there that's worth, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars to the U.S. economy. We got to get them harvested so we can get them exported. So now when you like, so when you watch this weather, are you, and do you, when you see rain, do you assume that, you know, people aren't going to be harvesting as much or do you, is it like a dead set across the board? Everybody's going to harvest the same amount and no matter what, what the weather climates are. And just the, the only thing that really takes an effect is like the sunlight or the rain to help the beans grow. Um, I watch. Okay, you, you got to start super... from. You got to start from inception. So you got to start watching the weather in, say February. Okay. You know because in February, you're starting to plant. You're starting to plant crops down in the in the southern in the very southern states, Texas, uh, southern Louisiana, the Delta, stuff like that. The the areas where they start growing um, crops. They start the they start planting you know February to late February and then March and then April, as you get into the breadbasket of the United States, that's when the weather is really, I guess, front and center because that's where the majority of your corn, soybean, wheat acres are planted and harvested is right you know through the central plains and the plain states. So, it's a big deal watching the weather. Um, is it, it first of all is it too warm or is it too cold? Or is there enough moisture? Is there not enough moisture? How do we come out of winter? Do we have subsoil moisture to get these crops? Uh, do we have a Do we have a full tank of water in our soil to uh, to grow these crops this summer? And uh, so that's when I really start watching, and the trade as a whole really starts watching the weather um, as far as stateside. But we're watching the weather now in South America. Do they have enough rain? Is it too dry? Is it too wet? Is it too warm? Is it too cold? I mean, are we going to get the crop off to a good start? I mean, you have to have all these things come together perfectly to raise a, a good crop mm -hmm. and and so with this you learned all this because you grew soybeans yes gotcha i was gonna say because i feel like your average joe um couldn't probably wouldn't be able to figure this out no relatively probably quickly not. probably not no so and i, I mean guess... i'm go ahead Oh, I was going to say, so I guess that's what gives you, you and I guess, I don't know how many people are constantly trading soybeans or looking at this or know it as in-depth as you and JR do, but I'm right. assuming that's, that's... Let's put it this way. It's a two-way street 
I learn a lot from him, and I think in turn he kind of learns a lot from me by our conversations, mm-hmm. which are kind of few and far between. But I feel that if we're going to talk to each other, we both need to take away something from the conversation where we learn something because we're both busy people. Time, as you know, is worth money, and that's what it is, I guess. I mean, we're both let, – let's, let's put it this way. We're both busier than a one-armed paper hanger. What is a one-armed paper hanger? Would you rather be said a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest? <laughs> uh, I, I I do I do tr- truly enjoy these, um, just because it's, it's not something that you hear on on the East Coast, where I'm from. Well, maybe I should come out there and do some bar hop, and we'll see the bar crawl for crying out loud. We gotta go to New York City though. New York. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta go to the city when you're here. It's. Oh. Where I mean, I'm I wear great, I wear a nice but... dress shirt. I wear a nice dress shirt, and I'm I, I look respectable uh, when I'm in the office with uh, my my coworkers and colleagues, and I'm in the industry. And when I'm in the city and stuff like that, I wear a suit and tie or a sport coat or a cowboy tuxedo, which is a nice sport jacket, a bolo tie, a nice uh, button up shirt, jeans, and and boots. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to wearing bib overalls on uh, Fifth Avenue. Bib overalls, I. You know what? It probably I wouldn't put it past somebody wearing it over there. I it doesn't bother me. That's who I am. Well, you're a smart guy. And don't make no never mind to me. Don't ju- they can't they can't judge a book by its cover because uh, I mean once they sat down and talked to me I mean that's it'd be it'd be a whole it, it it would turn their world it would it would make them look a whole different view on the world. So so now my follow up question is obviously would be why. Why. What do you mean? Why? Like, why would why would you flip their view all the way upside down? Because I think that I think that people live in very small worlds. They live in their own world, which I live in my own world. But I mean, I've traveled, I've traveled all over, and I mean, I've seen enough to know that we've got it good here, where we're at here in the Midwest, and the Midwest is best. And I mean, I'm sure to you, the East Coast is the best, and yeah, you know, to somebody living. Away. To somebody living on the West Coast, that's probably best. But, you know, I guess where I'm from in Iowa, my little town was, shit, 25 miles from the nearest four lanes. That's you know, cool. there there yeah, wasn't a four-lane road within 20-some miles of where I, where I live, you know, where I'm from. Um, so I guess moving to the, you know, being in the Chicago area was, is a little bit different, which we're about an hour and 40 minutes out of the city. So, um, I mean, we're, there's cornfields, there's bean fields, there's nature around here. And that's, that's what I like. And I don't know, I guess that's uh, it, it would just be totally different because I think people, maybe this is a misconception of Midwesterners too, or at least where I'm from, um, we probably think people on the i mean it's a misconception because they think where i'm from people think that the city's a rat race and it's just you know dog eat dog which it kind of is in a way but i think people in the cities think that you know there's nothing to do and everybody's backwards out in the country and that's not the case no i mean it's definitely a dog eat dog world in the city if you're not if you're not moving if you're not running forward you are going to be left behind 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's kind of the that's kind of the business I'm in too. If you're not always constantly moving forward, that's why it's called futures trading. You're going to be left behind. Yeah. The I mean, I'd also say it's pretty. Oh, excuse me. Uh, that's pretty common. On like, in in most of New York, like when I I do a podcast and it's funny because we always talk about this and with other people and right. You know, they're like, oh, you know, if you're from not New York, if you're from down south, or you're from like the middle of, or basically anywhere outside of New York, okay. People talk slower because you can understand them. Right, in New York, it's like a contest of who could speak the fastest to okay. get out the most information. Right, right, okay. Which I'm not gonna lie, the first time that you and I, you know, had that kind of conversation, you know, voice to voice, it took me a second to slow down and, and just process what you were saying. And I think it's more because of your accent. Mm. I don't think you have that bad of an accent. Well, I mean, it's it's just a little bit different. I mean, it's it's got a little bit of a it's got a little bit of a twang to it, which I'm sure I I've, I've got a weird accent too, but you know, that's just who you are. Yeah. No, and if I just from whatever, and I've realized it too because I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and it's funny because when you hear somebody from not New York, they're I don't want to say they're slower; they're just they're not as fast paced. Okay, but like the like their whole conversation, they take they take time to think about it. Where I could have a conversation with somebody for a minute, and I could get through twenty minutes worth of conversation because you're just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and hammering through this whole thing. Right. And by the time you're done, you're like, what the fuck just sure. happened? Okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Sure. 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 Yeah. So the, okay. the crazy differences of, uh, of the, the East coast, or I don't want to say the East coast, but New York. That, and that's, and that's how New York is. Right. And and I mean, New- I've, I've, uh, I mean, I've been to New York I mean, I, I interviewed on like I interviewed for a career right out of college on Lexington Avenue. Okay. And I mean, you're right though, and I totally get that because people were rattling or talking on like a clapper on a goose's ass. I mean, they were just yak 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 blah 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 fucking blah, and it's just like, slow down, folks. Give me a second to process this. Oh, that's all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. So, I mean, then they look at me and they think, man, that guy doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, which. You know, surprisingly, I'm a little bit different, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I can figure stuff out. So, yeah, I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, the smart Kyle. I try. Um, so now, my I guess my next, my biggest question is: Sure, how did you get into trading and into commodities? Obviously, how did I get into commodities? Farm, well, but that's not something you just. Oh, you know, my dad did it, or oh, you know, somebody did it, and then you just roll right into it. It's because they didn't do it, and I was always fascinated with the markets. And okay. that's, I guess, that's what turned me on to it. Was you know, there's more to life than working dirt. So. I mean, when I was on the farm, it's I always had this idea I wanted to kind of be a broker and trade the markets or hedge the markets or stuff like that. But there's really no opportunities where I'm from to do that. So in order to get good at, at it and learn strategies and learn people and learn how the markets work, you've got to go where the people are successful. Okay. And that's and that's closer to Chicago 
where the board of trade, the CME and stuff like that, where, where that stuff is at, that's where you become successful because you're around those people that are successful and they know the markets or they know the charts, they know the technicals, um, they know they know the strategies to put together and things like that. So that's that's why I'm closer to Chicago to do it. And the reason I guess I did it was because it's fast pace. It's it's adrenaline. Um, it's 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 really something you can't really explain. But it's the opportunities to help people get better prices for their, you know, corn, soybeans, cattle, hogs, whatever they do. And knowing that you're making a difference or helping them make a difference in their bottom line. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that they call, I'm like a tool in their marketing toolbox. They call me and be like, Hey, what do you think about the price of beans? Eh, I don't know. Yes or no. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is my situation. Okay. What do you got? Farmer Joe, which I, I, I can't use any real names here because, you know, got to protect the, you know, names are changed, protect the innocent. Um, it's like, this is what I can get for my local soybeans cash. If I take them to the river and they ship on the export market, this is what they'll give me. You think it's a good time to sell or a good time to buy? Well, I think it's a good time to do this. Okay, cool. Well, how can you help me get to this from you know this is what this is what my end goal is for my price of my my crop this year can you help me get there sure i can help you put together a strategy so that if the market goes in that direction we can try to capitalize on that move whether it's buying a futures contract selling a futures contract or a good one is you know the crop is just about made and there's a lot of volatility in the market and they're like you know i really like the price of corn or soybeans can you help me lock this price in so you know if if this rain event does come through and the trade sees that the price goes down i'm protected sure i can help you do that this is what i do i help and and that's what i like about it is i can help people become better marketers of their of their commodities whether it's corn beans cattle you know hogs or oil or whatever i mean everything's got a little bit different fundamental to it so that's what i like about it and not only that, but I do have direct ties to agriculture in the form of cattle and grains. So, you know, I can I can I can become better doing it for myself too, for the future. Gotcha. A little bit cryptic, I know, but there's a future. No, absolutely. No, it's definitely it's not something that I would say most people have any idea that that's going on like i had no idea that any of this existed yeah like i guess i mean where where i'm from it's oh you know hey we are we read this earnings report and then it was you know jr had started talking about commodities and then he introduced me to you and we had spoken about commodities and now and i'm watching your your um you know hey you know i'm looking at cattle and i'm watching live a live cattle feed and, yep. and I'm like, what is going on here right. that I don't right. know about? Right. Um, and for the record, those are feeder cattle. What is a feeder cattle? Feeder cattle is an animal 750 to 850 pounds. That is not quite, that is not market ready, but it will be in the future. It is an animal you take home and you put it on feed. Mm. Okay. 
Um, now, the one thing that you had said is, you know, when when somebody when an agriculturist comes to you and says, "Hey, you know, I could take down to the river. Do I buy or do I sell?" When mm-hmm. you say buy, what are, what are they buying? Well, that's a very interesting um, that's a very interesting topic. So, take those uh, take those cattle you saw the other night on that Snapchat or that feed or whatever I was yeah. doing. Okay, I'm a producer in the Great Plains, and you know Harrison's Harrison's uh, Harrison's Hobby Horse Hollow cattle feeding ranch here is is what it is, and and Harrison goes out and he goes to the to the sale and he buys all these cattle and he goes, well shit, I got to feed him something. <laughs> well, yeah, I got feed because Harrison. We'll just say Harrison. He's a he's a he's a producer of corn and beans too. But what happens next summer? if there's a drought in the middle of corn country and you're feeding these animals corn and like, Oh shit, I'm worried about the price of corn going up. And I feed these, I feed this lives. I feed my, my cattle, I feed them corn. So I'm worried about the price of corn going up. Well, I need to go into town and need to buy corn, but I want to, I, my break even cost for my animals with my feed costs is, is, you know, here, but I'm worried about the price going up. So I need to call Kyle and say, Hey, what's this, what's this market? What's this weather situation? What's this shaping up to be like? I'm hearing it's pretty dry out in the plains and I'm worried about, you know, I, I'm worried about if they have a drought, I'm worried about the price of corn going up and, you know, it's eating into my profits on my cattle. So I'll be like, well, you know, here's what we're seeing and here's kind of what the carryout is. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, if, if I were to be worried about it, I'd say, well, Harrison, this is what we can do for your operation, maybe we buy, maybe we buy a futures contract of corn to offset those rising feed costs you may incur in the future. So if the price of corn does go up, boom, you're covered at a lower price. So that would be like, that would be a person buying or uh, that, that would be an instance of someone buying a commodity like what I do. So they're buying it for different. Okay. Cause I thought it was, you know, Hey, if I have all these soybeans, do I buy or do I sell? Right. I'm like, why would you okay. buy more soybeans? So you are, uh, so you're a chicken producer. Mm-hmm. You grow, you grow chickens, and um, you you need to feed them something. So a, a big component of chicken feed is soybean meal. So we need to we need to lock in a price on soybeans so we can lock in our feed costs on our chickens. So each chicken has a food cost. Yeah, you got to eat something, right? Harrison well, has a food. You know, yeah. you know. I, I guess, I guess, what I'm saying is, or, or how I, how it works is, okay. Um, I have a yard. I have a whole barn full of chickens, and it's going to cost me something to feed these chickens, correct? Mm-hmm. So I need to lock in my feed cost. I'm worried about the price of feed going up, or I need to uh, go to the I bank gotcha. and and finance the inputs on this chicken or this cattle crop. So I need to show my financial institution that it's going to cost me. X amount of dollars per pound to put on these, put on these pounds on this chicken, put the pounds on these cattle. So I need to have my feed costs locked in. So if they go up, I'm covered and they'll say, yeah, your, your feed costs are covered because you locked it in with a futures contract. And yes, we'll finance you for this group of cattle or group of hogs or group of chickens. Gotcha. All right. That makes sense now. It's incredible. They've they've calculated it out to know that each chicken is going to cost X amount of dollars of feed, and then well, you multiply it on the big scale. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like um, 
it's kind of like going back to economics when you're in college. You know, you got hamburgers and milkshakes. It's it's supply and demand. It's mm-hmm. you know the the curve and all that other bullshit that goes with it. So this is going to be a silly question, but there is the no pr- silly question. <laughs> does the price of chicken go up around the Super Bowl? Hell, if I know, I don't eat chicken. I eat beef. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like chicken. Don't get me wrong. I just I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a beef and pork guy. I mean, that's that's what my clients raise and and uh, you know family ties. Um, they raise beef, and I got a freezer full of beef, and I got a freezer full of pork, and that's what I'm going to eat. Gotcha. No, I just figured because of the chicken wings. And it's probably one of those things too that. You know, they, they probably do jack it up because of a supply and demand thing. There's more demand, but, you know, they'll say, well, there's there's a there's a tightening supply and the demand's going up, so we're going to raise it, which it could happen. I mean, might be a might be a myth, could be real. Hell, I don't know. Gotcha. Very interesting. And now, so this, this is all part of your day-to-day. Yeah. Like, how do you figure out what is, or is there constant, like, is it constantly 20, I don't want to say 24 hours a day, but is there a constant... Um, you know, if it's not the season for the United States for soybeans, it's, it's South America. If it's not soybean season, it's cattle and does cattle happen with chickens and with, and with pigs all Um, like, is that a constant revolving, you know? Yes. It never, it never stops. It never stops. Like off seasons for anything. No, the markets never stop. They, the market never sleeps. The markets never stop. Mother Nature never sleeps. Weather never stops. And I'm in a situation where the weather is constantly being traded. Supply and demand is being traded. Um, Currencies are being traded against our commodities and things like that. So when – let's see. Okay, take for instance when the hurricanes were coming up into the Gulf. Mm And it was shutting down like oil refineries and stuff like that. That that has an immediate effect on what I do. And it also has an immediate effect on some of the farmers I work with. Because say you're say you're a farmer down on the coast and you've got a cotton crop down there. I mean you're you're worried about your cotton crop being wiped out. So yeah, I mean it is and, and it will drive the market one way or the other. I mean that's that's just how it works. It's it's a it's 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 driven by weather and and uh, government USDA reports and um, currencies, um, fundamentals like supply and demand, acres, uh, weather. It, it, yeah, it, it never sleeps. It never stops. You know, we we trade. Uh, just take uh, just take soybeans for instance. We trade those from eight thirty in the morning till one fifteen in the afternoon. They close at one twenty, and we start back up at seven thirty or seven o'clock in the evening Central Time. And trade them till seven forty-five the next morning. Then we have a forty-five-minute break, and then we start trading for the day session. So, so you're gonna, so you trade all night long? Uh, no, I don't trade all night long. But you know, I may, I may have orders working in the overnight session for for clients. Um, but it is a, it is a, it is a force of habit. When you wake up in the middle of the night, you check the market to see you know, how it's affecting your clients or how it's affecting you or how it's affecting how it's going to affect tomorrow. You know, um, take for instance, the night of the election, everybody was worried about, um, you know, the, our president, 
our uh, commander in chief, Donald Trump, when he was elected, they were worried about the economy crashing and the stocks and indexes and, you know, what's going to happen to the grain market? What's going to happen to corn and soybeans? What, you know, what's going to happen if he gets elected? And he came in here and it's like, oh shit, you know, prices were, were going down, but it's like, well, they started coming back and people were figuring out, well, maybe this isn't so bad and the price is coming back and, you know, so or how does the president it, 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 correlate to that? Like money does, flow, money, money, money flow, money flow from equities into commodities and commodities into equities. It's it's a big there's money flow to uh, to commodities from equities or index funds or commercials. It, it's it's a money flow game. Where are they going to take their money out? Are they going to take the money out of the stock market and buy soybeans? They're going to take the money out of soybeans and buy the stock market type situation. Mm. OK, uh, I gotcha. You know, it, 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 it's affected that way, I guess. And there's that much movement in. I mean, I, and I and I don't want to sound. I don't mean to sound ignorant. I guess no, but I, no. There, I just don't. I don't deal with people buying soybeans on the regular. I mean, when I talk stocks with people, it's hey, did you buy Apple? Did you buy Adobe? Did you buy right. Microsoft? Did you buy right. this? Did you right. buy this? And I'm and this is not. Don't. don't none of this is. No. And don't. None of this is. Hey, go buy those companies. This is just things right. that this is what comes up in conversation. Right. I can't tell, can't say other than dealing with Jr. that I've ever had to talk to somebody about soybeans or about right. cattle or about. Well, there's for every buyer, there's a seller in my market. Every seller, there's a buyer. For every for every seller, there has to be a buyer. For every buyer, there has to be a seller. Absolutely. So it's kind of like that with stocks. It's just with commodities instead. Gotcha. And you guys do it based on earnings or company this or tax laws this or tax laws that being passed. I do it on the same scale, except maybe with a little bit different fundamentals coming in affecting the market. Yeah, I mean, I guess you guys have the same thing. If a company does the company like, I don't know, let's just say, say Volkswagen gets called with their pants down for the emissions thing. I guess that's probably similar to the case of, you know, uh, disease that would maybe, hit That would cows. maybe, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, like um, yeah, something like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, or say the say the say the european wheat council cuts the size of their wheat crop you know that's going to have that may that may possibly have an effect on our wheat crop price or the price for our wheat or something like that or um say there's a like you said a disease outbreak um overseas somewhere on a on a foreign in a foreign land that um you know ha- has to deal with their um livestock supply or something like that like their cattle or their hogs or their chickens or something like that and it may have an have an immediate effect on our markets because there would maybe be a demand push for them wanting to import our products or it might drive people away from from buying our products because of the fear or something like that it, it it's it's a fear it, it could be fear driven or it could be greed driven one of the two i mean it's stuff like that very interesting and do you deal with a lot of europe stuff europe's um stuff too like they're their commodities, I guess. Yeah, no, commodities. no, we don't. No, it, I don't deal. I mean, what? I mean, you you look at the output, like how many million metric tons of wheat they're going to raise, or corn, or beans, or whatever, and and, and kind of compare that to what they do as far as export business compared to us and export business and what their currencies are doing. Maybe are they going to be the one to go to, to buy wheat from this month as opposed to us, or, you know, are they going to have less corn? So are they going to, is somebody going to come to us looking for more corn because another country can't supply it? 
Oh, I gotcha. So you're not dealing with those markets. You're just kind of watching over them to see what, yeah, what the game plan is going to be. Yep, exactly, exactly. How do I need to adjust? How do we need to adjust here for that? Or where do we need to be positioned for the next move in our market to capitalize if they can't if they can't come to the table in their market? Interesting. Now, do you have when you do all of this? Is it all your own homework, or do you have advisors that you work with? Do you have I have advisors? Have advisors to work with. Um, like in our office, there's a we're we're, we're all very intelligent people, and um, we do have advisors. There's there's a lot of advisors out there, whether it's a fundamental advisory service or a technical advisory service. Yes, there's and you learn a lot. You 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 get a lot from working with your clients. Um, I, I guess I learn as much as from them as they probably learn from me. You know, I don't know if that makes much sense. No, absolutely. No, it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I would say I'm kind of in the same boat with the company that I work with, uh, nerds that care, you know, I go deal with a lot of these companies that I don't particularly know much about. Like, for mm-hmm. example, one of our, cli- one of our clients is a vineyard. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about making wine. I just know it's delicious. But right. when I go there and I hang out with them, you know. The um, they'll teach me like the process and how the grapes grow, or right. how the bottling process goes, and you know the next big thing in the industry and um, mm-hmm. stuff that I would never know about. So then you I take in there. So then you can take that knowledge and be like, I can tailor my product to better fit you for this step in your process. Yes, a hundred percent. There you go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So now yeah, we're on one hand page. washes the other. It's you know, there's something might come up, or you know, there's in in my world, maybe it's not so much a product, but maybe it's a it's a, I guess then yeah, technically it would be a product, but you know, it's it's a software solution. Hey, maybe this works better for you guys. It's more tailored to your industry. Right. That's gonna, it'll help production. It'll help increase profits. It'll help. It'll help futures. It'll help forecast whatever it is. It'll help sure. your marketing and stuff. Like everybody's heard of Salesforce and and um. You know, when when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's it's so impactful in a business because you pay you almost you pay for what you get for the most part. These softwares that are constantly being worked on, if you spend the money and you get the highest or one of the higher end softwares, it does ninety nine percent of everything you need it to do, and it's only right. getting better. Right. And it's just being adjusted regularly to fit the client's needs. Sure. 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 Gotcha. So, yep. No, I definitely understand. Like the the you know, it's a mutual, um, one hand washes the other, and you learn from each other, and then you could take that and you can apply it to other fields as well. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. So no, I I didn't know if you like how, if you had like advisors that were gonna you know teach you not so much teach you, but I know that they have analysts in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm in i guess the regular market not the yep. commodities market where that hey you know this apple's doing 25 percent over what they projected right, this right. year you know we're uh we're not necessarily those kind of people you see on tv wearing the weird coats and you know the funny uh funny haircuts and stuff um yeah we're, we're we yeah we, we deal with analysts but they're not technically 
Not 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 like some of those people you see on TV that that are advising about stocks and bonds and stuff. Yeah, reading the data, reading the reports. Right, right, exactly. The, yeah, uh, we're yeah, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do work with advisor. I mean, advisories, and and, and our company has has an advisory service, and you know we've got some really good analysts in here, and and uh, yeah, it's it's and you know the the the. I think the biggest mis or one of the biggest misconceptions people in general in life have is if they don't know the answer, they're too afraid to go find it or too afraid to ask or they're too afraid of what the answer might be. And you can't be. You've got to go find the answer. If you've got the question, it's going to affect you. You better go find the answer or find someone who can help you find the answer. Now, so here's a good question for you. When yep. you have a question like that, who do you go to? Um, it just depends on what the question is. the 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 answer is only important is is only important as the is is only as important as the question that's being asked. But it it just depends if it's um, you know, if if I've got a question about say what the what a lo- what what the local weather situation's like in a certain area of the great plains how it's going to affect their harvest their soybean harvest or their soybean planting i'll call customers in that area or i'll call friends i have in that area and say hey what's your weather looking like when are you guys going to be in the field you know what's what uh, when are you guys going to be harvesting what's the yield like out there is the yield better or worse than last year um you you've got to break that down on a on a client by client basis because you're working for that client but say i have a client um in the in the northern plains and he's telling me what what his situation's like up there and then i have a client maybe say in the southern plains and she's asking me what their situation's like in the northern plains or or in the central plains and it's be like well you know they're harvesting soybeans there but they got chased out by the rain and the yields are good but they're not as good as last year and so you you kind of um you get a better feel for what's going on out there on a case-by-case basis but if it's like a, a technical question or, or uh, more of a supply and demand question, yes, I would I would look over or get on the phone and, and dial the dial three numbers and I would contact our on-site analysts and be like, hey, what was our export number in 2012 when you know soybeans were at X price per bushel? Because that may be something we're dealing with in the market. And they would look that up and say, "Here, here's the information you you requested." Gotcha. And do you spend when you like ping these clients to say, "Hey, you know, you're asking about it"? Do you spend a lot of time with farmers? Because I know that that was one thing. Yeah. Another thing that Jr. said is like, yep. he's like, it's all about the farmers. You got to go find the farmers. You got to talk to them about it because those are the guys yeah. doing it. So, do you is a, is a chunk of your day? either communicating going down there and hanging out whether that's it's, all um, i do all i do all i do is call farmers and and cattle feeders and hog producers all day long that's what and, i do and they just now do they have people that that are say that'll answer the phone or it's just like the direct farmer that's like hey what's up kyle how are you uh what can i do for you hey how's the weather doing how's the crops looking i'll walk i'll walk into this office at five in the morning central time and my first text will either be I'll get a text message from either a farmer, a a hog producer in northeast Iowa who is a family farmer. I work with family farmers. Okay. And what's a family farmer as opposed to 
as opposed to what? I don't know. Is there is there what? No. Are there different kinds of farmers? Not really. No. Oh, okay. I mean, some some. I mean, well, every farmer I work with, they're they're a farm. They're 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 part of a family. I mean, that's that's oh, what they I do. That's you. what their family did. And, and I mean, they're not mega farmers. They're not huge corporation farmers. They may be a corporation for tax purposes. Oh, I got you. Okay. That's, first, that's what I want the clarification. I had no idea. My first, my first phone call or my first text message is either going to be from a, a, a swine producer, a, a hog producer in Eastern Iowa, or it's going to be from a, uh, cattle producer in Kansas, or it's going to be from a, you know, soy, corn and soybean farmer in Minnesota. I mean, I don't know who's going to be texting me or somebody might be texting me right now. I don't know. Cause I'm on Skype with you, but I may have an email saying, Hey, let me know when you get in the office. I want to get your opinion on this market. You know, what, what are our thoughts here? What's our, what's our target? I need to be here. Can we get a plan to get me there or something like that? Or, um, take for instance, today there was big moves in the cattle market and 90% of my day today was talking with cattle producers saying, Hey, this is where our market's at. Do we need to be hedging off some risk here? What do we need to be doing? And, and, you know, what's our, what's our break even on the, on this load of cattle we're, we're getting in today? What, where do we got to be? What's the market got to be or, you know, things like that. So I guess every day I work with farmers or livestock producers. I work with crop, row crop, grain, oil seed, or livestock producers every day, day in, day out. Now, and is that your target, uh, that's market? it. That's it. When it comes to clients as well, when you're That's looking it. for, yep. yep, gotcha. That's so cool, man. Yep. The day to day. Day to day. Damn. The uh, well, we just crushed forty-five minutes. I don't know if you realized. Yeah, it happens. I'm I'm working on shortening up the episodes to see how the the viewers enjoy it and then right. go back to right. longer so which i mean i understand you're getting bored i mean yeah you're getting bored i mean that's that's cool i mean you know uh trust me i'm not getting bored you well, gotta come to new york and we'll party or i'll come out to the fields um dude of, i i don't know if you could handle it you'd probably go crazy as a shithouse mouse out here you'd probably be so <laughs> bored <laughs> why do you say that i'd have a lot of believe it or not i don't know what everybody everybody has these crazy visions of right. new, of like what happens in new york city and 99% of it is not true. Well, that's because 99% of the people that are watching it are watching, like, um, NYPD Blue or um, Law & Order SVU or uh, what the hell is that other one? Um, CSI Miami or I don't know. All the yeah. other shows out there that show all that stuff, you know. The uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. Even when people are like, oh, we're going to New York City. I'm like, you're just going to another place. To get drunk and dance. Yeah, see, I can't dance. I got two left feet. Oh, I can't dance either. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But, no. I mean, like, I don't know. The some of the most I don't know. I, I, most some of the most fun I've had is not in New York City. It's not, you know, out drinking. It's it's either out right. doing something, enjoying natural, right. enjoying nature. It's out experiencing oh, yeah. outdoors. It's not you know cram. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of fun things to do indoors. But most right. people, when they talk about, oh, you know, I'm going out this weekend, it's just going to a different bar to get wasted with all my friends, right. dance, party, go home, wake up with a hangover the next day. Yeah, see, that ain't shit. that never that never really was me. I I never really was a partying kind of guy. I mean, my my favorite thing to do, like like when I was in college, you know, 
I drove I drove a semi truck part time on the weekends and stuff, so it might be, you know, get home on a Friday evening at eight o'clock at night, jump in a semi truck and drive six seven hundred miles round trip, come back, go back to college, and that's you know that's just something I I found enjoying was just being by myself and getting out there. I mean, I was a when I was in college in the summertime, I worked on a custom wheat harvesting crew, and we'd start in uh, um, Central Texas and we'd drive these. You know, we drive combine harvesters all the way up through the Great Plains, harvesting wheat for different farmers. And, you know, that's that's something I, I mean, I've seen, you know, some really awesome, you know, sunsets out there. You know, it's like a watercolor painted sky. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. that that's where that's where I was. At, that's where I'm at. My that's what I would like to, you know, do if, if I could take, you know, time off once a week and just go do that for a day. I, I would do that because it would clear your mind. But I can't do that because I don't, I mean, it, it's not feasible to do that. So, yeah, you know. the market never sleeps. No, the market does never sleep, you know? So, damn. That's yeah. That's well, crazy. it is what it is, you know? Um, any final thoughts before, uh, before we close this thing Define, out? define a final thought. Um, do you want to share anything? Do you want to tell people where to find you? Do you want to give a, you know, thought of a thought of the day? Do you, I don't know. You tell me final thoughts, a thought of the What'd day. What'd you think? What do I think? Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't know. This world runs faster than a striped-ass jaybird, if you ask me. <laughs> you always have to keep keep on the move. You got you to gotta stay on the move. Uh, or how about how about this? Instead of a thought of the day, the, the single greatest piece of advice you can Tell give you what, somebody. Here's one for you. We're all travelers in this life. From the sweet grass to the packing house, birth till death, we travel the eternities. Like Robert it. Duvall. I like Bob that one. Duvall there. Yep, that's a good one. That was great, and, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I can, I can come up with some some pretty decent stuff but you know i'm the man the myth the legend the one and only women love me guys want to be me often imitated never duplicated the one and only <laughs> well my friend i've had an absolute blast on the show if you and... want to drop me an email to my personal email i want to keep the company name out of it that's but cool that's up to you if someone just needs someone to talk to or a bit of you know maybe a little bit different view on life Shoot me an email, krbfarms at gmail.com. I like it. Oh, and views views of that expressed are that of mine and not my employer. Mm, I don't know. More important. Something like that, you know. Not that anybody knows where I work, but, you know. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. They don't need to. You know. Oh, and here's one for you. A horse that shits fast, don't shit long. <laughs> that, that, that would make sense. So, so uh, yeah. When uh, when are we gonna when are we gonna get together in New York then and go uh, go find out what the hell this this city in New York's all about? I mean, you I can tell me when in. you're coming out here. Jr. was supposed to tell me when he was coming out, and he uh, he booked a last minute plane ticket. I, f- I found out he was in New York, and he was already on his way home by the time I found out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to give him some. I'm gonna have to give him some shit about that. He's he's kind of he he seems like he's kind of that way. I couldn't believe that he flew from Canada to be here for 24. He was literally in New York for 24 hours and left. Well, isn't there that one Nickelback song that says for 48 hours, I don't think that we left my hotel room? 
Not sure if I know that one by Nickelback, but well, I yeah, it's it. like uh, I'm the worst, but yeah, feeling way too damn good. That's that's what it is, you know. It's yeah. that that's that one song. I just, I couldn't believe it. the dude traveled. I think if I recall correctly, when I was speaking to him, he said it was six hours to New York. Okay, he traveled twelve hours to be here for twenty four. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's but that's New York. I mean, you know. I mean, people people are drawn like it to a mo- like a moth to a flame, you know. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, you know it is what it is. But uh, yeah, so I guess that's uh, that's what I got. I like it, brother. Yeah. All right. Until next time, man. Sounds good, boss. Take care. Be safe right. out there. Thanks, brother. Thanks. Alright guys, hope you enjoyed that show as much as I did. Uh, Kyle's a super brilliant guy. He has a lot of uh, ridiculously funny one-liners. As always, though, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Uh, help grow the numbers. It, it genuinely makes me feel good as well. Um, I know I say it a lot, but it really does. Um, I get like all giggly like a little kid um, on before Christmas when I see the subscriber count go up. For what I can see of it, at least. So thank you so much for that. Go check out the website, Brutally Honest Podcast. More things are going to be going up over time. Um, have some ideas on stickers and whatnot and things that I'd like to either give away or sell. or Who knows what will happen. Um, so go check that out. Again, that's BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. And huge thank you to Nerds That Care. Nerds That Care is your one-stop shop for your IT needs. If you're a small, medium-sized business, you can't afford that full-time in-house person to keep up to date on, you know, your compliance, your security, your patches to be updated. Uh, helping people around the office, they can't print, they can't open their email, they can't, you know, Word document isn't working correctly. These are the people that you call for those for those issues. Um, you're a business owner and you're wasting that, that valuable money. Um, the backups huge right now, um, especially with all these disasters happening. And the best way to get around the ransomware is to back up your data because you can wipe your system clean and you can go right to the backups. So, huge thank you to the nerds that care. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys again. Uh, i got a lot of good shows lined up already, but I know I was away for a little while. Um, I was super, super busy with a lot of other things going on. But... I got stuff booked all the way into December, so I'm super excited. You guys got some great stuff coming your way. So till then, peace.